Good morning, everyone. Welcome to day three of the 7 a.m. Novelist March March Writing Challenge. I'm Michelle Hoover, your host. Today, we are really lucky to have New England literary news columnist and amazing author Nina McLaughlin. She's going to be talking to us about retelling old stories, and particularly for Nina, uh, retelling Ovid's metamorphosis from the perspective of its female characters. Good morning, Nina. Good morning, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you so much. And behind if you're actually watching the webinar, you can see these amazing paintings that Nina, you said your grandmother did? My great aunt. Yep. Your great aunt. Your great aunt. So, so apologies if you're just listening on the podcast, but she's got this incredible set of paintings behind her. Okay. Nina is the author of Wake Siren, which I highly recommend, um, as well as a um, as well as Summer Solstice. Uh, her first book was acclaimed memoir, Hammerhead, The Making of a Carpenter. Yes, Nina has also been a carpenter. She's uh, formerly an editor at Boston Phoenix. She worked for nine years as a carpenter and is now the New England literary news columnist for the Boston Globe. Her work has appeared in a number of publications, including the Paris Review Daily, the Virginia Quarterly Review, The Believer, the New York Times Book Review, Agni, and many, many more. Uh, we're just so excited to have Nina with us. We're mostly going to be talking about her um, collection, Wakes Siren, which again is retelling of um, stories from the female perspective of the characters who were um, changed or basically, yeah, changed basically in Ovid's metamorphosis and the problems that that original book had and and kind of the fun of being able to revisit and, and tell the stories from their voice. Um, Nina, you know, a lot of writers are doing this these days. They're they're doing, we're going back to the Greek and Roman myths, other myths and legends, fairy tale tellings. This was one of my favorites. What made you decide to do this? You know, I it was it, I it wasn't so much a conscious decision. I had sort of just ended the the carpentry work and um after almost a decade of it, and I was sort of trying to get my writing muscles back into shape. And I um I was reading through the Metamorphosis, which I sometimes do. I studied classics and English in college. And I just I just thought I would try sort of retelling one of the stories from one of the female perspectives. Um, and it was a story of Callisto, who is um, turned into a bear and then turned into the uh, turned into a constellation. Um, and sort of right from the start, it was like, oh, wow, that this feels good. You know, there was that that sort of like heat and juice um almost immediately and I was like oh I'll try, I'll try another and and then I did another and then it was just like it just took off so it it happened really unexpectedly and it happened um really fast and I think with a lot of I mean with these sorts of stories with the myths like you said the fairy tales um I don't know my feeling I don't know if you feel this too Michelle like there's this 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 sense that these stories are kind of in us from the start you know, yeah. that we're sort of born knowing them in some ways. Like we, we learn a lot of these stories as kids, um, but they're, I think they're sort of in us even before. Um, so I think there's something uh, about tapping into these stories that like there's something mm, really rich uh, and really, um, yeah, like there's, there's like a meat there that, I don't know. There's maybe because it's yeah, sort of it's like that kind of back of brain, deepest part of ourselves that we tap into. Um, so that was yeah. Sorry, both, I think the, yeah, the story structures. 
that we are kind of, that I feel in many ways are, are kind of innate to us, that that just kind of natural shape of the story structure um, and how it came into being with um, oral stories and how a lot of those structures are very kind of common in, in many places. Um, and then you also have these archetype characters um, that we know so well. Um, and, and they are in our water. Um, uh, we exist with them all the time. So to be able to revisit those is, is incredible. Um, and, uh, so, I mean, I mean, I've read, I, um, Angela read her. So she, she was a famous, uh, uh writer who we, we told, um, fairy tales, um, again, and uh, Helena Yemi has done a lot of retellings. You, of course, have the Madeline Miller phenomenon of, of her work and a number of, I think TikTok is basically exploding with retellings. <laughs> um, so, Nina, what, um, what, when you started doing this and you were revising them and you were having people reading them, like what were the things that you really wanted to be like, okay, I need to make this retelling worth being read, worth, worth, its, worth its meat, worth that I'm, I'm actually saying something new here, really revising and making it new. And what were some of the things that you wanted to avoid? Huh, interesting question. Um... It's it's funny. I think it, when thinking about the writing process for this for this book for Wake Siren, it was really different than any other writing that I've done. I, I'm a really slow writer. Um, I I I am yeah. I like Hammerhead. My first book took three years and and sort of seven total rewrites. Yeah. Um, this book happened over three months and um, and and just sort of came out as it was essentially, you know, there was, there was not a lot that sort of got changed and it did sort of feel like, um, I kind of, I kind of left the building for the writing of it. Um, so, so in, in, in the process of it, uh, you know, what was I trying to avoid? Like, it, it almost wasn't that conscious. It just yeah. sort of felt like, what, what am I, what are these women saying to me? How, 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 how can I translate what I'm hearing um, these voices that are sort of rising up. And I realized, you know, I, I, I say these things, and I'm like, oh God, this sounds crazy. Um, you know, in this sort of the latter stages of editing, um, you know, it is, I think one of the things that I thought a lot about was um, the order of the stories. Um, when I was writing it, I was sort of going through the metamorphosis and doing the stories as they appeared. Um, and afterwards, we were sort of rearranging the order. So how, how to make the stories sort of in conversation with each other in the best way, um, balancing out some of the really brutal, uh, violent stories, which there are there are many with sort of lighter or more sort of, I don't know, relaxing or, or beautiful ones. Um, uh, and so it was trying to give the reader sort of not to sort of, you know, overwhelm them with brutality, um, give sort of uh, reprieves from the violence. Um, uh, and so I think, I guess in, in thinking about what to avoid, um, you know, I mean, I guess it would be thinking about the things you'd always want to avoid, like how to keep the language fresh, you know, um, uh, how to keep the sort of the, the, the energy surging, um, how to keep, you know, pressing the limits of what language can do. Um, uh, 
you know, I, I mean, love that because I do think I think the intensity, it seems like you just did it. And I, I do think this intensity and ferocity of voice is in the collection. Like you can kind of feel um, if you read it that that you have just kind of you just kind of listened <laughs> and wrote and and um, and and I think it uh, also what creates the um, cohesion of the of the collection mm -hmm. um, and and the fact that you wrote it so quickly is in, it's absolutely incredible but it feels like you were just kind of communing with something but that was allowing you to give voice to it so so some of the um I guess some of the the thinking about maybe what you did maybe come after the fact like what sorts of reactions did you have to the stories yeah it's uh, yeah yeah um I mean you know I think that um the reactions have been pretty positive um I think that you know I think that you know some of the things I've heard are like you know good re good goodreads reviews you know there's people saying it's it's quite vulgar it's uh uh, you know, it's so violent, there should be, you know, a billion trigger warnings, um, which is like, that's all true. You know, um, it is, it is, I don't know if, you know, if you know the stories of, of the metamorphosis, you know, the, you know, that there's sort of these foundational stories a lot about um, sexual violence, about rape. Um, uh, and it sort, of, it sort of does address a, a lot of different sort of sexual taboos. Um, so, uh, you know, I think the feedback has been mostly, um, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's mixed as you, as you sort of want. I was, I was realizing that like, you know, I would almost rather have there be a mix of like, wow, that like completely disgusted me. And like, I find it abhorrent. And also, you know, other people saying I loved it. It's my favorite book in the world, rather than just like people being, you know, sort of saying like, that was fine, you know, like wanting this kind of, I yeah. think, you know, books that are going to be you know, or anything you read that's going to be, um, some people will hate it, you know, and that's good because you're, you're still sort of activating it. And it means you're doing something that's like not uh, expected and not, not sort of boring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so is there, like, is there advice if, if other people wanted to do this? So one thing that's interesting is that when I was first looking at retellings and, um, you know, I have also picked up some characters in history um, to retell their stories. That's very common to do. Um, and uh, when I was teaching in at Boston University and then I taught at Brandeis, I was talking to my students and a lot of my students were doing fan fiction and I had no idea what that was because I'm old. Um, and I had no, I was like, fan fiction, what is that? And why, why would you want to do fan fiction? And why, you know, why? sorry, I was a complete snob. I was like, why would you want to waste your time with that? Mm -hmm. Then I realized that I was doing fan fiction. <laughs> and that fan fiction is like really exciting because it is in conversation with these old stories. And so you I, you already, I already had all these college kids and high school kids and, and others that were already doing this stuff and finding a lot of really interesting uh, conversations in the older material. Um, so I think actually younger writers, this, this, this idea of retellings is really, really natural to them. Um, and so when I would taught, teach fairy tales in classes and have students retell um, them, they always had a lot of fun with it. Mm -hmm. So when you, I mean, are you, 
do you give advice to anyone that's thinking about doing this? Do you have any ideas? Like I always, when I was teaching, I always thought, okay, you have to at least give it something new, some sort of new bent, some sort of new message, some sort of, and it can't just necessarily be in a new time period, because I think a lot of people rewrite the, the tales in a new time period, but all of it is the same. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like if you watch and I don't watch this anymore, but if you watch The Voice on television and they remake, they sing a song and you're like, well, that's just the same damn song. Yeah. They're just <laughs> singing the song. They haven't get anything to it. So what sort of advice, if people wanted to do this, what sort of advice would you give to them um, for getting it right? Because they might not always be able to just hear right, right. The voices. Mm -hmm. um, so, so do you have any pointers for them. Yeah, that's that's a cool question. And I love what you said about sort of being in conversation with yeah. this sort of original story. I think that that feels like maybe part of the key that it isn't sort of just a direct sort of new words to the same story. There is there's got to be some sort of dialogue, that's some sort of conversation and I definitely felt that way. I was sort of in conversation with Ovid. It wasn't sort of saying like, you know, I'm I'm going to do I'm, whatever. It was like it did felt feel like this is sort of a, yeah, a communication. Um, and sort of thinking about it that way. Um, uh, and I think too, it's sort of, I mean, partly I think it's picking the right story to retell. I think that it's, there is, and this is sort of like the, the sort of more metaphysical kind of writing thing of like learning to trust that little vibration inside, that sort of little bit that says like, Oh, like there's a different heat here for me. There's a different, like I'm activated in a slightly different way and sort of trusting that in your body, you know, sort of saying like, all right, there's something here for me um, that I'm going to trust. Um, and I think that sort of that too is, you know, li listening to the, the sort of let that sort of, again, the sort of mysterious part of yourself um because that's going to tell you all right here like here will be the place where I can really jump in and say something fresh um uh because it's like you know if you're just sort of saying like okay I'm just going to take Hansel and Gretel um and you can you know sit there and sort of come up with a creative way um you know to retell it but if you're like oh man like actually it's wow like Little Red Riding Hood that's what's like huh there's some stuff here that I don't quite understand but it's like I'm, I'm feeling the heat. I don't know. Do, is that, do you find that when you, it's like. Yeah. Well, cause I think sometimes we choose things intellectually mm -hmm. um, that we are intellectually interested and we're like, okay, I think I can do something with this. But I, I think what you're talking about is something much deeper, which gives um, uh, more opportunity for success mm -hmm. that it's not just an intellectual interest, but it's actually also an emotional interest. And again, it's that, that kind of voice that you're hearing and a sense that what you're telling needs to be said. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we've got, so one comment in, um, the chat, which I think is wonderful. She says, Anna says that, um, rewriting stories, tales, legends helps us mainly women to understand and participate in the myths. Mm. I love that. I mean, did this, did, did you feel like, yes, I am able to participate here in a way that otherwise I'm, I'm kind of shut out or you're able to kind of understand the myths in a new way? Um, were, did you sense that as you were working? Certainly understood the myths in a new way. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, partly, you know, there were sort of, you know, again, sort of ones that were more familiar to me, um, you know, the story of, uh, that we sort of all 
kind of know Medusa, Arachne, these figure, figures that we're all sort of familiar with. Um, uh, it was a lot of the lesser known myths that 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 to, to sort of enter into them this way um, and to reimagine them from from these female perspectives. Um, you know, it was a way of sort of for myself and, you know, I guess with the hope maybe afterwards, like that other people would be able to not just sort of enter them as as sort of in the in the sort of mind or, or perspective of the of the women characters, but um, uh, sort of recognize the way that these stories have been told um, and the perspective from which they have been told for so long, the translations which have been like mostly by men, um, and how the stories because they've been coming from a certain framework for so long. Um, you marginalize uh, certain yeah. voices. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that like there is a way to sort of, um, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of different sides to a story. Yeah, what, what I'm thinking about too, so I've been living part of the year in Cyprus, lucky mm -hmm. me, and mm -hmm. um, that island is dominated by Aphrodite. Mm -hmm. And so because I'm so interested in this, I'm like, oh, could, maybe I could do something with the figure of Aphrodite, mm -hmm. but I can't find my way into her. Mm -hmm. First off, she mostly just seems kind of a bitch. Like <laughs> maybe that's the problem of the storytelling. But and 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 her treatment of other women, at least in the tales that we have, are is not positive. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, what I was realizing is that I can't also see anything of myself in her. Mm -hmm. like, I, like, okay, she's a gorgeous, she's a beautiful goddess. How could I even imagine that? But I do think if we are retelling stories and we're supposed to take on a voice, that we need to find something of ourselves, of our, uh, our own experience, or our own emotional place in those characters that we also then can, can come through. Does that make any sense to you? Did you find that with any of your stories? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that it's interesting, like saying, saying, you know, I mean, these goddesses, they, I mean, they are absolutely, like and total bitches, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, that should be a positive. I should be considering that a positive. No, yeah. and I think I mean that's the thing. I think there was. I mean, there were times where it was like, like for example. I mean, yeah, I was thinking like, wow, this is like this. This goddess is just. I mean, there's a cruelty to it, you know, um, to the way that sort of you know they, some of them treat other women, and so I think the job, the way I thought it was like, all right, like. It's like, you know, like, as you say, sort of like, how can I, how can I insert myself into like this beautiful goddess of love? You know, like how, you know, how, how, how could I, how could I do that? I think that like, why, you know, asking, asking like, why, why is she a bitch? Like what, like, what is, what is making her like so vindictive? What is making her so, um, so cruel? And, and it's like, it's, it's human stuff, you know, it's jealousy, it's rage. Um, and it's sort of finding like, what are the things that I can recognize in my own experience in my own life that I can sort of take from that? Like, because, it, you know, I, I think on that, on that initial way, it is sort of like, yeah, how do I, how do I find it, find an entry point, you know, yeah. but, there, but it's, but it's there, like, you know, and sort of really looking like, what is the complexity of like sort of being this goddess of love? Like what a terrible thing that would be in some ways, like how much jealousy would be involved, you know, and we've all, all of us have felt jealousy, you know, um, uh, or whatever, and it's sort of picking out those qualities. Um, and I think there was one, um, there was one story that it was, most of them are from the sort of, the sort of female figures that are not goddesses in Wake Siren. Um, but there was one I told from um, 
Juno's perspective, uh, the wife of Zeus. And this was one that at first I was like, oh man, like it's sort of what you're saying too. Like, how do I, how do I do this? Um, but it was like, as I thought about her, it was, it was this sort of like this, I mean, she was constantly punishing women, constantly turning them into animals and rocks and stuff like that. Um, and because she was jealous and sort of like, what, what would it be to be the wife eternally of this, this like of Zeus, who's like going around and like boning women and nymphs all the time, you know, every day. Um, and sort of being like, all right, that poor, poor Juno, you know, this sort of tenderness. Um, and so I think it's like, it is sort of like, where's the, where, where's the sort of that human connection? I don't know. So that's, I don't know if that, if that makes sense. Um, yes, it does. And it, it, for some reason, I, I think of the Juno uh, statue right now that's in the Boston Mafe. They've just uh, recreated that whole space. And the story that that statue, it's huge and it, it's several tons. Um, and they found it in some Brookline back garden of some rich person or something. Wow. And they had to put it in and they could only put it in a place in the MFA that the floor would hold her. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and she lords over all the gods and goddesses. She's pretty <laughs> an amazing figure there. Um, I, wouldn't, I would have a hard time finding my way into her though, that same kind of idea. Um, also in our chat, a very good question. Did you take into account the fact that some of your readers wouldn't be familiar with the source material? That is a huge question. How did you handle that? That's a great question. I mean, what I was hoping, and this was, I mean, a real and true hope was that you would not have to be, um, you know, trafficking in Ovid to, to be able to appreciate these stories. I think that, um, and that's one thing that has been gratifying to hear like, oh, you know, I'd never read the metamorphosis, um, but I still, you know, was able to connect with the book. Um, you know, one, one thing is that I think that if you, if you have read the metamorphosis, if these myths are very familiar to you, there's, there, there will be stuff that's sort of more, you know, layers of connection, um, and, and meaning that will be, you know, slightly enhanced. And I, and I, you know, I hope that, uh, it's also, told in such a way that someone who who really doesn't know mythology as well could connect with this as well um so that it uh, exists in and of itself and they, yeah. they don't have to go look it up totally if they're, if they're interested and intrigued they will go look up the original stories but they don't have to because it's, it's self-sufficient and i think that's exactly and i think that's the thing too that like some of them again are are, are stories again, like these familiar figures that we, that we all sort of know. I mean, from even from just like comic books or I don't know, the book of Dallaire's myths, this yellow mythology book when we were kids, which I feel like a lot of people had. Um, but even for me, you know, like I studied this stuff. Um, there were figures I was like, I've never heard of this person, you know? Um, and that like, even, even those stories, it sort of feels like gosh, there's elements of this that feel familiar, even though I don't know this, who this is. Um, and I think that's the thing too, about these stories. Like they're, they're sort of across cultures, stories like this kind of exist. Um, yeah. you know, strangers, gods, uh, dressed up as, as, you know, um, as mortals sort of knocking on your door, uh, and, you know, getting shunned and then being welcomed, you know, these, these stories that like, oh, oh yeah, I, I, I've heard this story before, not this version, but here it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are there particular authors um, 
maybe that you were reading at the time or authors that, that were doing this sort of thing that you go back to. Again, I always go back to, you know, Kate Bernheimer has an amazing book um, of collected uh, fairy tale retellings that's called, it's something like my father, she killed me, my father, no, my mother, she killed me, my father, he ate me, mm -hmm. um, which just the title alone is, um, um, uh, is, is an amazing retelling of the juniper tree. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so other, other authors that, that was spoke to you that, you that you think of that are doing this kind of thing that you admire. Sure. I, you know, when I was writing Wake Siren, I was, it was, it was Ovid and me. That was it. I was really actually very careful not to sort of look at what other people were doing. Um, I really did want it to sort of be a very kind of like almost blinders on sort of communication with the actual metamorphosis. Um, I think though, uh, sort of, you know, before and after Anne Sexton, uh, the poet Anne yes. Sexton's transformations, which she tells, retells, fairy tales and these are so dark you know like to the point of like I don't know there's not very many poems that like scare me <laughs> but these are like these kind of land in that just like oh god these like it's like really unsettling um so that I mean that sort of feels like a touchstone um all the work of Ann Carson um I think that she's absolutely like I mean, pretty much the best there is right now. Uh, I think that she is uh, really what she does with, I mean, language sort of writ large, but also mythology. Um, there's, I mean, I really admire her a lot. Um, do you um, oftentimes go to poets? I do, yeah. I read a lot of poetry. Um, okay. I read a lot of poetry. I mean, so how, I- How do you think that informs your writing? I, you know, I think it like, for me, what it does is kind of like, it, it reminds me that um, language is a lot more elastic and flexible than, than we think. And that it can kind of just like, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's, it's like little lightning bolts, um, little sort of like flames. Whereas, you know, you can kind of read uh, prose and, and kind of get washed along. And, and, but I think there's something about the, you know, the flexing of the muscles of language in poetry um, that helps sort of, uh, again, I guess like get weirder, you know, that like there's more possibilities than we think um, when it comes to, when it comes to putting words together uh, yeah. and not getting like, not getting complacent, you know, not getting like, I think it's, it's like, it's easy to write a, like a, a pretty sentence. Um, what, what, how do you, how do you sort of write something that's gonna be clear and, and understood and also in a way that's going to sort of like challenge a reader to, to sort of think anew about whatever you're saying. Um, yeah. So I read a ton I mean, of I mean, I think, I think when it all comes down to it is that we, um, we need to read as much as possible. <laughs> um, poetry and old tales and new tales because they will feed what we're trying to do today in terms of language, in terms of story, in terms of um, Anna in the chat is mentioning the bad behaviors <laughs> that we might want to revisit, um, history that we might want to look into, turn over again. And so I think basically every story you could argue is a retelling of something. I mean, there are people that argue that there are no stories to be told. So we're always feeding off of this. Mm -hmm. So looking at what has been done and reading richly um, to keep feeding yourself as you move forward 
forward is is really really important okay mm -hmm. Nina, we're gonna have to end i just thank you so so much for being with us um, for the rest of you you can find our march writing challenge schedule on our substack page at 7amnovelist.substack.com you can subscribe there for updates and if you want to still join our daily webinars in march email me at 7amnovelist.substack.com you can also find our podcast version of these webinars on spotify apple and wherever podcasts uh wherever you listen to your podcast those will be up forever i don't even know how to take them down so people are like how long are they going to be up there i'm like i don't know so you can always find them and if you like what we're doing please uh follow rate and review our podcast please remember that this weekend sadly the webinar is not live it is pre-recorded and i'm doing that a so i can get some sleep and b so we could also have some really cool people that we otherwise wouldn't be able to get on such as rebecca mckay um is going to be on tomorrow talking about layers of interiority and julie carrick dalton is also going to be on sunday talking about uh visual graphing in terms of how she structures her book okay nina are you gonna be able to get some writing done today yeah, I mean, I hope so. On Fridays, I write my Globe column. Um, so as soon as we sort of end, I'm going to shift gears and and uh, get to get to my get to my Globe work. But this, okay. this has been an amazing start. I feel like about to sort of launch off into this 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 new writing. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, everyone, take this energy, get back to your desk, and happy writing. <laughs>